Welcome to this message by Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Bishop Edwin Ogo is a seasoned minister of the Word of God whose messages on Christian living, church building, and the work of the ministry are a great inspiration to ministers all over the world. He pastors the Mackinac Cathedral in Oyibi, where he ministers powerfully in various services, transforming lives and raising zealous church workers. You will experience the transformational force and power of God's word as he ministers passionately to you today. Be blessed as you listen.
to press on. Faint not, Yamoshi. Keep watch and you got to pray. Come on, be
living you never want to leave there are some prayers I
those of you who are not in your t-shirts we'll, we'll, we'll take a break for you to go and get your t-shirts okay so that we are we are one it's very important and uh, I, I believe that God has really blessed us you know there is this app marketing app that we've introduced here that is a blessing like the, the moja app i think bishop kobe will give some further insights into it i think you should be able to even buy your t-shirt with that app and get a discount and then even the macarius you can buy it with that app and enjoy a discount it's, it's a real blessing that uh, I mean I don't know why that idea didn't come to me when I was doing business <laughs> but it's a blessing to see all of you um, Reverend Imam, God bless you um, Bishop Papo Bishop Derek Reverend Michael, Lady Reverend Emma, the bishops of the house God bless all of you I, I have no doubt that our churches I'm going to see a resurrection. Yes. I'm already hearing amazing testimonies. You know, wonderful testimonies of growth and enlargement. And I think that we are on course. Especially if we remember the amazing message we heard here last night from the great shepherd himself beautiful teaching on what it means to be a shepherd I will encourage you to go to my podcast that particular message is on the podcast to gather your leaders with you and let them all listen to the voice and um, I'm sure we can even get you the videos there the original uh, video um, when you've made a contribution <laughs> and then uh, so you can use it you can watch it with your leaders you know the work of God is a beautiful job I mean when Bishop Niyajedu was saying that I mean, such a young-looking, strong pastor building churches, raising congregations. If he was in Ashanti Gold, he would have been a retiree. I mean, retired. That is two years into his retirement. But see how the work of God has made him I mean, there's another life, literally another life. You know, I was going to teach one of my congregations something. I had prepared a teaching. And God said I should stop it. Because I am not helping my members have faith. It's like everything must be explained 
Why you must serve God? Why you must obey God? Why you must do this? If you do this, you will get A, B, C, and D. Like a book, like um, it's a great thing to serve the Lord. Which talks of the blessings and the benefits. Very powerful teachings. And it's like almost everything we do, how God will bless you when you pay tithes. How God will bless you when you play the keyboard. How God will bless you when you give an offering. You see, and these things make us now faithless people who are now working with understanding. It's like on, until you understand it, you won't take a step. Like if God says that take your son Isaac and sacrifice him, God must explain that really on your way, I will stop you. You won't kill, but I just want to see how obedient you are. So you, you try to go, but believe me, I won't kill your son. Then you are carried. So you see him carrying his son, but he knows that the son won't die. But we need people who are carrying their sons, knowing that their son will die. You know, so a lot of the explanations don't help. We, we are soon losing our faith. And the name of this life is faith. Like we say, what is your faith? Like uh, uh, the, the Muslim faith, the Buddhist faith, the Christian faith. It, 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 the name itself is a faith. But when everything must be explained, then there's no faith in it. There's no faith in it. I was just about to give you some powerful reasons why you must serve God. And I said, Charlie, why? So you see people, and, and, and also one dangerous thing about this is that if I tell you one of the reasons why you must serve God, is that like when you go on retirement, you will have a new life. <laughs> Some people will wait till they are going on retirement to start serving God. Or like if you serve God, you will have a four-wheel drive. Then some people, as they are serving God, will be looking around. Where's my car? And when, when my pastor sent me to Adenta those years, he warned me that I should not look at his car longingly. <laughs> With a longing. Do you see the point I'm making? Yeah. If you serve God, you will get pregnant. You, you are, so, so, as you are doing evangelism, every week you are checking your urine to see if you are, you are pregnant. You don't seem to understand what I'm saying. We need faith. Faith. And even die without seeing the things you are believing God. That's the Hebrews 11 faith. Many died without even seeing the things God promised coming to pass. But they were heroes. Because God will never be reduced to a job or a visa or sperm count or pregnancy or a car or whatever. God is God. And I'm so happy that today you are standing with pastors. I mean, pastors have gathered up and you are among them. Oh, 
I mean, I, I, I think you can clap your hands for this. But let's have faith. Let's obey God. God shouldn't give us reasons why we must pray. He says pray. Just pray. That's all. There must be good reasons, Bishop Derek, why you must have your quiet time. I'm sure that, but if God says this book of the law should not depart out of your mouth, just do it. Just do it. You know, the explanations are too much. Too much. Go on outreach and somebody will give you accommodation. Then I'll use an example of a brother who also went for outreach. He went to do follow up. He was following up a gentleman. And as he was with the guy in his house, the guy's sister came to pass. The first day, they didn't talk. Then the second time, I think, she, she, she said, more examples. She said hello. Then the third time, they became friends. And now they are married with four children. So you two go and follow up. So you, could, you two can get a husband. And the whole thing is plastic. Plastic. It's plastic. It's fake. Why can God not just tell you that? Go and follow up a convert. And go. And leave what will come out of it to him. I'm saying, and you see, it's one of the reasons, thank you Holy Spirit. Are you standing? It's one of the reasons old women are standing. And you a 16 year old girl. I was saying something before I saw her. One of the major reasons why you must walk and work by faith, live by faith is that the Bible says that we are justified by faith. Your faith life justifies you. So, so you see, to justify is to let somebody who is even dirty look clean. Somebody who must be sentenced look good. Faith justifies you. We are justified by faith. So, when your life is faithless, you are a pastor because you want a car. You are doing follow-up because you want um, what's that thing? A, a wife. Now, then it means that you are no longer living by faith. Now, when you stop living by faith, then your justification also gets low. And now your evils become prominent. your evils and then you begin to sink into evil so you are a pastor pastoring a church but you are performing evils sleeping with the members lying to them and prophesying lies because every see, 
your life doesn't have the, the faith element must be in your life. Pastors, we must step out in faith. Buy more chairs and have faith that God will fill the chairs. Those faith things will justify you. I'm telling you, it cleanses you. It justifies you. What's the use in having a church but you are not believing God for the church to grow. You are not believing God for the church to have converts. You are not believing God for the church to, to, to build a church. To build a building. Because money is coming from Europe. And in your church, nobody even holds you to account whether it's growing or not. It's just there. Such pastors, if you go into their lives, they are living in sin. Because a life without believing in God is a life of an unbeliever. It's a life of an unbeliever. You know? So I think I want to say to us that. He's, but God Himself, He explains things to us. He explains. He said, if you do this, you will have this. There's a lot of it. But let's learn to also receive instructions. And carry them out without promises and explanations. It makes you faithless. We must, anything that increases our faith must be embraced. Anything that reduces our faith must be spanned. Spanned. Do you know span? Can you clap your hands if you have any? This morning, please be seated. This morning, we are continuing on the causes of poverty. Yes, intractable poverty. Because the theme for this conference is the great shepherd. And the great shepherd has a large number of sheep. Whether you are a shepherd of the choir, a shepherd of the ashes, a shepherd of a little church, a great shepherd, that's the thing, the great shepherd. A great shepherd has a lot of members. So when you don't have a lot of members, you are poor in members. I'm sure you know that the word poor is not only for money. Or oh, this is a poor girl. It's when she doesn't have money. You may be very, very wealthy and still poor. Jesus says that blessed are those who are poor in spirit. They are blessed. They are blessed because they are in a situation where they can receive more. Yes. Poverty of spirit. They can receive more. So, so some of us, Basenta leaders, home cell leaders, pastors, are 
poor in members. And say, you shouldn't be poor in members. Your beginning may be small, but your latter end should increase. I want us in this conference to think big. I am poor in members. I'm poor. If you come to my church, you see empty chairs. I will not try to impress you. I'm not like you. (laughs) And it keeps me working. It keeps me working. So, the, the, the whole point, today is the last day, that we are looking at when you are poor, I want to help you to understand why you are poor. That's all. So that you will not need me to come and judge you. You yourself, as you are sitting there, should know that I am poor because I don't have this. I don't have this. And I am this. That's all. I am poor in, I mean, you must know who you are. That you don't have this. You are not like, so that you will not think that he is rich because his uncle does galamse. Which is what we read. I don't know if they can project the book. Do I need a rocket scientist? I hope they can. It, it, it helps me. It helps. That's a research that has been done. Because the Bible itself, that, that book, says that nature must teach us. It says, does nature not even teach you? So, without the Bible itself, nature can teach you. And it has the backing of the Bible. I'm saying that on Sunday morning in church, somebody can stand in front of you without opening the Bible and talk about the life of goats, talk about the life of birds, and minister spirit to you. Without opening the Bible. Because nature itself should teach you some things. And that is it here. This research was done. To look at the causes of poverty. Why the two of you are pastors. In the same area. And he has 500 members and you are struggling to make 40. The same area. So you may think, oh, he has a hall they have rented. But yours is a classroom. But it's not true. I had a church in a classroom with torn windows. But the church grew. So we learn that it's not the classroom. So if it's not the classroom, then what is the problem? 
Is it possible that your uncle is behind all these things? Yes. Could your mother-in-law be responsible for your church looking like so? Then the research was done to see the role of mother-in-law. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. You know, he went to Equiapiman and he went to Achimota. That's why his church is small. And he said, if only I had gone to Achimota, I would have also been a pastor of a big church. So we are going to see how Achimota causes poverty. So in the United States of America, the most commonly held view of poverty is that people become poor because of personal traits that they have. This is research. Personal traits. You, you, you have something that makes you poor. You are a type of, a poor person is a type of person. A poor shepherd is a type of shepherd. It's a type of human being. It is believed that these traits cause a person to fail. The traits that lead to poverty range from personality issues to other traits like laziness and then to educational levels which you will soon discover that it's not, when you say educational level, it has nothing to do with the school you attended. But let's go on. In America, it is believed, this is a research, and the source is there, Journal of Development Studies, 2006, Green and Mayer. Nature is not, because we have realized that the verses don't help you. We have taught you from Matthew. We have taught you from Proverbs. We have used Ecclesiastes. It still is not changing you. Yes. Like sometimes, when you use verses and it's not working, you switch to Proverbs. Because some of you only, is, you, you, you only understand Nigerian Proverbs. That's why we are looking at it. In America, it is believed that it is always the individual's fault. When he fails to climb out of poverty, it's always the individual's fault. It's always your fault. Tell your neighbor, tell him that it's your fault. Tell him, it's your fault. Tell him, don't blame your mother-in-law. Your sister hasn't done it. Your uncle sold the cocoa farm. But you won't believe that some people were, even, they themselves were sold by their uncles. They, they have been sold. But they have made it. I see you coming out of something. So I see you coming out of something. You see, if you don't, oh, please sit down. If you don't take responsibility, you will make it in life. Yeah. Because it's always where the problem is that your eyes will be. That's why a doctor, if he's able to make a diagnosis, he's carried on his head as a hero. Without prescribing drugs, the diagnosis itself Many people fail to make a diagnosis. It is you. Another generally held belief is that poor people are poor because of their own personal failings. Therefore, poor people should not be compensated. Yes. Yes. And assisted by the state. And in our case, assisted by the church. 
table shouldn't say your members are too few. So I'm taking brother James's 50 of his members and I'm bringing them to you. No. We should leave you to die. Yeah, because even... Okay, let's go on. Poverty is therefore viewed as something to be attacked. Yes. Attack it. Eradicate it. Unfortunately, the negativity... So that's one of the points. It is viewed in a negative light. One of the points. Ah, number five is there. It is apparent that poor people and poverty are generally viewed in a negative light. Until you see that it is negative of you. That as a pastor, you have few members. You are poor in members. If you don't see it as a problem, nobody, that's what we use the word at the top, intractable. Nothing can help you. No intervention can relieve you of the burden of poverty. And there are people like that. You can never help them. Like African countries. Nobody can help an African country. I don't think there's any part of the world which has received more financial inflows from wealthy countries than Africa. But has it changed? So, then the research reveals the traits. So, these are behaviors. No, I'm teaching this so you will know yourself. Yeah, because your, your, your mother-in-law has suffered too much. Your grandmother has suffered too much. Bishop Nee, you are welcome. So, what is it? Intractable poverty. I mean, we are here. I mean, the, my members who are here. You know, teachings. Me. Obey. Even my enemies will know that I teach. <laughs> it's not changed anybody. No, it's not changed anybody. Because that, that's why I taught on the heart. See, this teaching is a variant of the heart. See, to know that it is you. Not that the pastor teaching doesn't teach well. Or, or he doesn't use the right scriptures. Just to know that you are a wrong person. Yes. Like to know that my heart is not a good heart. Because the issues of my life don't come out of my education. They don't come out of my background. It is my heart. Because the Bible deals with backgrounds. The Bible deals with knowledge. The Bible talks about the mind. But he says that the heart, the heart is the source of the chairs in your church. Abba, this speaker sitting here, whether it is nice or it's not nice, it's a reflection of my heart. I'm, I'm the pastor here. I've seen a hole here. 
It means there's a hole in my heart. If I don't think that way, I will blame you. That you came to sit here and your witchcraft has put a hole inside. Yes, I'll blame you. Once you don't take responsibility, it means you're not going to work on it. Because you are blaming that man. You are blaming that girl. You are blaming that sister. You are blaming your head pastor. You are blaming your boss. Like we are here in Africa, we are blaming a white man. Many, many, many years ago, I was in Nkwanta. We had a healing Jesus crusade. And a white man from Scotland, Reverend Benny McLaughlin, came from Scotland to Nkwanta. One evening, we were just standing there chatting, looking at the mess. Then, now I don't remember how that, that comment came from him. But he said, Bishop, I don't think I made any comments. But he just said, Bishop, did you know that we, the Scots, were slaves? <laughs> I said, really? We were slaves. We were slaves for many, probably had a hundred or hundreds, we were slaves. I noticed that he didn't make any comment after that. <laughs> deduce yourself. Deduce. Yourself. Use your brain. Yes. He said, Did you know that we, the Scots, used to be slaves? That we have been in slavery? The Scots. I said, Really? He didn't, he didn't say anything. So once you are sitting in Medina, Blaming a white man in Greece. You will never solve your problem. That's why I am teaching you. So you don't blame anybody apart from yourself for the state of the church you are in. Yes. If I fail, then I have failed. I'm telling you that the state of the of your of your church, your fellowship, your choir, your instrumentalist, your you, whatever you are leading, is a, it is you. The color of that thing is you. If you come here, it's me. I mean, how can I be here and blame Bishop Me Ajedu, who is a friend, a brother? A, what, I love him. He loves me. Why should I be here in uh, 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 is it Adenta? What is this place? OEB. OEB here and blame a bishop minding his business at the Kodesh. That he has taken big offerings and could have brought me just a little as a friend. What? Why? If he had stopped busting from here, my church would have been great. It's because he's passing from here to the Kodesh that I have got empty church. And how can he claim to be a friend when he knows my church is here and he's passing from here? It's like you are blaming everybody except yourself that you are not a good person. (laughs) 
So as long as your eyes are on this man and not on yourself, that's why we use the word intractable. That is, nothing can help you. Nothing can help anyone who looks at someone as the reason for his life. Maybe I should stop teaching this morning. So, intractable poverty is explained by three things. Just know it. All I'm trying to do is to let you know yourself that you, you may have one over three, two over three, and some of you, the way I see, even the way you are sitting, you are three over three. One is that when somebody is poor, so poor that you can't even help him, that even if you give him money, he's so poor. The, the, number one, there's a research. It's here. Number one is that he lacks knowledge, which means that knowledge can take you out of the poverty of members. That's the meaning. That the possibility, Tom, that you don't have members, one of the possibilities, there are only three. One of them is that you don't have knowledge. You may be so, Tom is not spiritual. Who told you he's not spiritual? Even if he's not spiritual, he's not spiritual because he lacks knowledge. So check your knowledge behavior. Forgive my bad English. I didn't go to a good school. Check your knowledge behavior. Some of you don't like knowledge. Giving a book and a movie, you will watch the movie seven times before you look at the cover of the book. No, some of you do not like knowledge. You despise, you don't like to read. You don't like to listen to message. I mean, you are a type. That's why I say you are a you you are wrong. A priest must be a lover of knowledge so much that Hosea four says that I will reject you because you have rejected knowledge, not you have rejected your wife. So I would like you to go back to the podcast. And listen to the teaching I've given. Number two, why are people poor? Most people would. Now let's switch from sheep. If you are sitting here and you don't have money, it is ninety-five percent likely that you lack skills. That's why nobody is engaging you. The skill to sell. The skill to make something. The skill to paint. It's a skill. The brother who did this artwork on the stage. I showed him what to do, what I wanted. Hey, I came here the first day after the first day. 
when I saw what he had done on the on the stage, I called him. I said, Opana. <laughs> Is it the English? Then he took the picture I gave him. He said, Is this not what you said? He said, Yes. I said, But what is this? He said, Please watch me. You see, how you think this thing was produced there? That's not how it was produced. I, I know how you think. How you think this was done. That's not how it was done. I came back. I was in, I think, Korea. And I, somebody sent me a picture. I said, I began to clap in my room. Skill. Nobody calls a person who doesn't have skill. David was called because of the skill. You remember? Yeah. Skill. Nobody calls you because you lack a skill. And if nobody calls you, it is a sign that you are going to be poor. Because when they call you, and they call on your skill, they will exchange your skill with cities or dollars. So you are a poor sister because you don't, you literally don't have the skill to balance a book, the skill to see a patient. I mean, when I was practicing as a radiologist, I could go into a facility, a hospital, whatever, with a pen. Just a pen. By the time I'm coming out of the place after a few hours, thousands of dollars in Ghana, not America. I didn't have a hammer. I didn't have a saw. But I had skill in my eyes and brain and fingertips. Nobody calls a person who doesn't have skills. Bishop Nick told that he was a manager of mines. Not some cheap Brekoso mines. I shan't go. There are many accountants. Chatted. But a skill. Some of you even are professionally astute. But you lack the skill to relate with subordinates and peers. Say skill. A shepherd must have skills. Are making me shout. I would say you are a pastor, you don't have skills. That's why you are poor. When you enter anybody's meeting and there's no one there, the leader of that meeting doesn't have certain skills. What are these skills? I began to share with them with you yesterday. Uh, was it last week? No, not last week. When, yesterday. Oh, it's like last week. Mm-hmm. See, see, see. Skills. Skills. Shepherding skills of Jehovah. First, the skill of searching out. I taught you yesterday. Search. I mean, the word search must be on the heart of every pastor. I don't want to continue talking about it. I taught extensively. There's a lot to do today. 
are sitting here, you are a shepherd, you lack the skill to search for people. And you are surprised that you don't have members. I'm surprised you are surprised that I am not surprised you are surprised that I'm surprised. The next skill is the skill to deliver your members from the things that have held them captive. Because nobody is free. Everybody is held bound by something. And your capacity to free, like Bishop Newell said, some of our members sitting in the churches are not even free. A lot of the new, 99% of new converts are not cared for. Because the skill to care for a convert is not by putting the convert in a class. The Holy Spirit told Philip, go near the eunuch. He was like a convert. Go near. You care for a convert by going near him. One on one, person to person. Go near. Am I preaching? Am I, am I preaching? Go near. Go near. Had the prophet demo? Yes. He, he brought chairs. And that's him. You see that what he demonstrated was how his church started over 30 years ago. He's still a pastor. Last night, from here, Right from here, he went into that door. He went with a small group. They sat there and had a meeting. I wasn't even there. He had a meeting with a small group. Then he came out. He came to sit here. Small group. By his car. Small group. And you there, you are a man of God wearing golden shoes and preaching to church services and wearing yellow suit like a magician. Tell him, but go near, go near, go near him. Go near the member. Go near the convert. Go near. Don't be far from a convert. Go near. You are a convert. Near. One on one. You will never know anybody you have put into a class. It's fake. And it is plastic. Today's new word is what? Plastic. Jehovah the greatest shepherd goddess. He goddess. I mean, my quiet time this morning, I, I saw a scripture that was very interesting. Maybe it's because I'm preaching on this. As soon as I saw it, ah, but why haven't I noticed this verse? A shepherd. A prophet had come to prophesy. When he finished, somebody slapped him. <laughs> Now, what was the prophecy he gave? That he gave him the slap. First Kings, the last chapter. Today, I've, I ended First Kings. Tomorrow, I'm doing Second Kings. F- yes, First Kings 22. I saw it this morning. I said, ah, how come I've not seen this verse? If you can switch, honey. Yes. First Kings 22. The last chapter of First Kings. I, I, I want you to enjoy what I enjoyed this morning. It was a beautiful scripture. Yes. First Kings 22. He prophesied when somebody came and slapped him. Who do you think you are? <laughs> you may think that it's only today that pastors are being slapped. 
Uh, prophets have been, have been slapped. That's a shepherd. That's a shepherd. First Kings, no, no, not 53. Go to 17. That's the verse I wanted to see. The verse that brought the slap. 17. And he said, and he said, I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills as sheep not having a shepherd. I said, wow. It means that when your members are not gathered, you are not a shepherd. Because the only condition that causes scattering is the absence of a shepherd. A shep- the presence of a shepherd, like we learned yesterday, is anti I'm surprised. I've, I've not seen this verse before. I mean, I've seen, but it doesn't... But I saw Israel. They were scattered like... And the same thing Jesus Christ said in Matthew 23. Nine scattered upon the hills as sheep. So when you are there and your members don't gather, you are a useless shepherd. And Jeremiah describes many types of shepherds. One of them is a useless shepherd. It's in the Bible. Jeremiah. You can't gather members. Ask me, are you a shepherd? You must, listen, you must have a skill to gather. And I'll tell you, the biggest gathering skill, in fact, I won't say gathering, the most powerful way to have authority over a sheep is to have a personal relationship with the person. You will never have authority over someone you don't have a personal shepherding relationship with. A shepherd feeds the hungry. Get the message. These are skills. You must have a skill to even know that the person is hungry. Jehovah, the greatest shepherd, provides rest for the weary sheep. Get the message. It's on a podcast. Jehovah, the greatest shepherd, binds up the head sheep. No sheep is allowed to be under you and his head. A real shepherd must, must, must know how to bind up wounds and help hurting people to be relieved of their heads. A real shepherd doesn't say, go to hell. Or I don't care. You bind up. Jehovah the greatest shepherd strengthens the weak sheep. That is why you must be strong yourself. Because you are supposed to give strength. That's why the Bible says, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the word. 
Be strong in your morals. Wear trousers with a strong zip. A zip whose password must be emailed on a Greek computer and decoded after seven days by which time you will be at home. Receive strength. Many things will test your strength. Because a shepherd cannot be weak. Anybody here who is a pastor of seven members, 70 members, 700 members, you must be strong. Because your members will depend on you to strengthen them. They have come to you because they are weak. Be strong. Read your Bible. Read books. Be strong in knowledge. Be strong in the spirit. Wow! Wow. Let's clap hands! Wow! He's becoming skillful. Clap again for him. Beautiful boy. Jehovah the greatest shepherd guides the directionless sheep. He guides. He guides. Captain of Israel's hosts and guide. Our sheep don't know their way. Are you a shepherd? Say, are you a pastor? Then you must have the ability to guide. You see, one of the it's like how Human beings breathe in, eat, walk, best fly, dogs back. Eh? When you say dog, barking. When you say eagle, it's wicked. Fish swims. When we mention sheep, the first word that should come to you is not humble. Is lost. I'll take it again. Dogs back. Cat. When I say when I say cat, you meant you, you think of fish. Or cat, what do you think of? Meow. I think it's fish. Or they like eggs. When I say goats, you think of something green. It's only once in my life I saw a goat eating bread. Once. In Takrali. I've never seen a goat eating bread. When a goat eats bread, it means that the, the value of the currency has fallen. <laughs> but but let's, let's, let's be serious. Let's be serious. I was saying something. Goat. Green eating grass. When we say sheep, the first word that should occur to you is lost. Lost. Assume that this sheep is going to get lost. The Bible says that all we like sheep, all we like sheep, have what? 
gone astray. All we, all, not some sheep, all we like sheep have gone astray. Don't be surprised that your members come to church once a while. It is natural for sheep to get lost. That's why you, the shepherd, must have a skill to guide them back to church through under shepherds, through meetings, through loving them, through caring for them. It's a skill. Remember that a sheep, dear, it will get lost. All we like Many of you sitting here with few sheep, if you are honest and you have a book that you've written, people who have come to your church in the book, you will know that you must have about 1,200 members by now. Yeah, because once you label the person a sheep, it means that that person has to get lost. Sir, yeah, I'm telling you, all of us sitting here, you have you. I'm telling you, you may not believe it, but you go back to your attendance or first um, that new 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 converts or the first timers. You, you you see names. Hey, am I that rich? Yes, you are rich. But why do I have only 28 members today? Because it's I, I'm even surprised some came to church. In fact, those who came to church are those who got lost and have found their way back. Those who came last week are likely not to be in church this week. So a pastor institutes interventions to prevent losses. To prevent sheep from going astray through shepherding. It's a skill. It's a skill. It's a skill. Yes. It must okay. the, the default setting is getting lost. To, to stray away sheep we are here so this girl who is singing yet next six months is singing for somebody else you are in the church ah then somebody calls you your your singer your lead singer is having a competition in the nightclub how whether she is singing or she's playing bass guitar it doesn't matter I told her as a pastor this singer So when you are there, like Bishop New was teaching yesterday about campaigns, you think about because he doesn't have anything to do, that's why he's just talking. Every campaign builds a wall that prevents losses. But because you are not intelligent, which you are going to see as a sign of laziness, one of the signs of laziness is that you are not intelligent. People who are not intelligent are lazy. 100%. Ensure that your sheep lack nothing. I'm just mentioning, now he has come, so I'm switching to the third one. Because today is the last day. I want to deal with things here. So there are just two or three left. Oh, there's some four left. It's just. A great shepherd leads skills, leads sheep in godly ways of righteousness. That's your work. 
Not to go and sleep with a choir leader. Like my leader who has got a convert and has slept with her so much that the convert's relatives, people are calling the relatives the, my leader's in-laws. Meanwhile, he has a wife at Agumem Kwanta. I'm not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not joking. That when you go to the place, they refer to the relatives as Bra Ben's in-laws. <laughs> I've not heard some before. Or oh, you don't seem to understand what I'm saying. It's like you have related with this girl so much that the people know that you are married to her. Meanwhile, this is your wife. And they call his brother and sister his in-laws. I mean, she said, we are sexy shepherd. And there is a type of heart. Actually, you know, I didn't talk about the, all the hearts. But I think I would, I, I would show you. Blah, 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 blah. Blah 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 Of a lustful heart. It's a type of heart. And it says that a lustful heart is a heart that is full of or motivated by lust and greed. It's a lustful heart is a lecherous and libidinous heart. From which you get libido. Yeah, libidinous. When it says somebody has a lecherous soul, it means the soul is, is sexual and full of sexual immorality. Lecher. Lecherous. It's a heart. Tell your neighbor, be healed. And because I've not preached this message, my member has gone to in law some people. But I'm just saying to you that we, we all have it. And you must be healed. Amen. If you are a man with two testicles, assume that you are lecherous and libidinous. Say libidinous. Online, say libidinous. Ask your neighbor, are you libidinous? <laughs> say be healed. And don't think the person is elderly. The more elderly guys are, even the more libidinous guys. What was I teaching from which book? Which book am I using? This one at skills. I see you're not happy with me. Libidinous. Ask another person are you libidinous? How lecherous are you? 
And some of them, you see them, they look innocent, but they are very sexy. Libidinous. It's a type of heart. Receive healing now. Receive healing now. Receive healing now. Otherwise, your ministry will end suddenly. To end. It's a type of heart. Can you clap for Bishop Daggy Mills? Lepidinos. So you, you, your waist is full of fire. Can you place it down so that we can close the meeting? Jehovah, the greatest shepherd, comforts agitated sheep, comforting people. Every pastor must learn. And at this time, I'll tell the male pastors learn how to comfort skillfully. Because some comfort. If you are comforting a lady and she puts her head on your chest, the first thing you will realize is that your heartbeat has begun to increase. And then your breathing becomes tachypnic. Tachypnic. But, sir, you must comfort. So learn the skills. Of comforting. Mm-hmm. Most of the comfort, I'll, every pastor must have. You see how we have trees down there? Yes, I was hoping we could even get some big trees here. Maybe my next project. Because every pastor must have a big tree in the compound so that you can have meetings there. Because some meetings cannot be held in an office. You know yourself. <laughs> yeah, you must have a tree with nice chairs. Then you are sitting there with her and everybody is passing and they are looking at you. Yes. Experience. Yes. And I walk up bought air conditioner. Four ACs in one office. Now we we chair one sofa. On tea no so tea. Oh Susana wa chair ben kakra. And I what to soft. Maybe if, maybe you don't like the way I preach. I, I can do it. No, I, I, I feel I'm offending people too much. Then they'll come and call you that it's time to preach. By the time they come and call you, the erection you have, you can't step out. So you must, you, you must, you must, you must lie down for ten minutes. Man of God, because you are libidinous. <laughs> Can you clap your hands for this? It's called the heart of libidinous. Today, I want to go ahead. So, so know it. Anybody sitting here with few members, you lack skills. Go back to this book. Go back to the message. You lack skills. You are a skillless professional. Can you imagine a doctor without skills? Somebody comes, he says he's having a headache. And you take a stethoscope and put the diaphragm on the person's head. 
even if you must auscultate. Okay, let's let's go on. So know it. Ask me about. Do you have skills? Like I, I was told you are a pastor. I, I ask it. Do you have skills, or you are just there with the title, no skill? They call you Revo. Like like last whatever somebody called a, 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 a sister a basenta leader. Say. I'm now a, a multiplication campaign overseer. Say MCO. Say MCO. Say MCO. Say MCO. May these skills fill your church. Every sheep wants to be cared for. And these are Jehovah's skills. He comforts us. He feeds us. He guides us. He delivers us. He seeks us out. Everybody sitting here, God sought for you. Even the, the person I sent to your church is God's agent. If the person had not come to you, you would be in your hole with seven members. I mean you. And he came and sought you and pulled you out of your hole. Look at you here. Are you not being blessed listening to the messages? So God seeks us out. So you too must seek people out. So when someone is poor in members, poor in anointing, poor in church things, the person, number one, has no knowledge. Number two, doesn't have skills. And I said on the first day, without reading this, one of the surest way of acquiring skills is to do what apprentices do. Because apprenticeship is essentially getting skills. Whether it's painting, engineering, electric, electricals, carpentry. Be an apprentice to someone who is a professional. Yes. Bishop Nyajidu, for instance, who is having this conference with me, may not know that he is mentoring me through my wife. Because my wife is in his church. And she comes to leak the secrets. You must have somebody you look up to. (laughs) Your MCO. The man is full of skills. So one of the ways to have skills is the art of following. Following. One day we will talk about it. But follow someone. The skills, you see, skill is like the anointing. It is not in the air. It is in someone. It is with someone. It is on someone. I'll take it again, baby. Skills are like the anointing. They are in someone. First of all, they are not in the air. You don't breathe skills. Skills are in someone. They are with someone. And they are on someone. Find the person. Take a crate of minerals. And say that I am now your apprentice. I will follow you. 
follow someone. What you are looking for is in someone, it is with someone, it is on someone. Clap your hands for Jesus. And actually, that is what anointing is. Anointing is essentially a skill. Hey, the person is anointed with me that he has some skills. We are today moving to the third one. And I'll start, I'll talk about a few, then in the evening, I'll finish the rest. The third one is laziness. The reason you don't have money is that you are lazy. Like I told you yesterday, if you don't have a job, what should you do? You should do what? You should be a If you don't have a job, looking for a job should be a job for you. So when your friends who are employed are leaving home at 5 a.m., you should also leave at 5 and come back at 8. If you don't have a job, make looking for a job a job in itself. Take a break. Take snacks and continue until one of the reasons why people don't have anything is that they don't know anything they don't know how to do anything that's skill so the one they don't know anything that's knowledge number two is a skill they don't know how to do anything, how to relate with a girl, how to relate with a convert. Many of us don't know how to relate with converts, including me. We must learn. Because the, the, the converts are, are, are leaving our churches too fast. A pastor must know how to relate with a convert. A pastor must know how to relate with a young boy. Like Bishop Nee said, put them to work. I was with a young man, this gentleman yesterday, we were arranging something. Some, you see, if you are older, you may relate with young people as if they are, they, are, they are you. So he was going to arrange some chairs, a lot of chairs. I said, oh, no. Wait and let some people come. So they helped you to do the arrangement. And I went into my room. By the time I came back, he had rearranged it himself. You will not allow an old man's oldness to hold him. <laughs> That's how we feel. There's some tenderness in us. A feeling that you will overwork the person or you do but, but these boys are having five rounds of sex in one hour I couldn't believe it he had done the work because I'm looking at him with my eyes know how to relate next week Friday I'm starting a Friday evening service so in this cathedral, we have Friday evening, Saturday evening, Sunday services. Beautiful. 
and like my uh, protege, I will prep them and leave them and supervise them on the internet. Leave them to preach. Leave them to do their things. Have review meetings with them. Shout at them because the older you are, the more you know how to shout. Hey! Skill, skill. Know how to. So, so, number one, most pastors don't know anything. Number two, most pastors don't know how to do anything. Skill. Then number three. Number three. Most pastors don't want to do anything. Laziness. So that's the subject for our interrogation with a few minutes we have. Number one. You see, it says that intractable poverty is most notably caused by laziness. So I'll put this book down. Because many of you are lazy. Now, you don't know what laziness is. Online. So listen to me. I'm starting now. In the evening, I'll finish. When somebody is lazy, these are the characteristics on the screen. Is the screen also on the internet? Is it on the, on the, yes. So read it in your room. Number one. A lazy person has a low interest in a good life. In fact, he must have a low interest in a good life to be lazy. It's okay. They even spell it's okay. I-S-S-O-K. It's okay. (laughs) Many of us pastors don't have any interest in a good life. If you are a shepherd, pastoring a large number of sheep is a good life. Be interested in it. If you are a shepherd, your sheep, even businessman, your business growing, it's a good life. You must be interested. In other words, you must be disturbed that you are, you are doing business and it's not growing. I mean, pastor, your church not growing should disturb you. What's wrong with you? Turn your Bible to Proverbs. New American Standard Bible. Should we go to the washroom and come? Proverbs 16. You must have an appetite for nice things. Preaching well is a good life. New members coming in is a good life. Your singer singing well is a good be interested in even the sound in your text. Don't just be there. Proverbs 16, verse 26. New American. A worker's appetite 
works for him. For his hunger edges him on. A worker's appetite works for him. For his hunger edges him on. A hunger to fill the church is what will edge you on. A hunger to have a big choir is what will edge you on. His, uh, his hunger edges him on. If you don't have hunger, you will not be edged on. You see how I'm preaching? I am hungry to see you do well. That's why I, you may think I'm collecting money from you. Somebody watching me may wonder, ah, but what's wrong with this man? I have an appetite that through me, your church that I may never enter will do well. I want to see you do well. I want to see your church grow. I want to see the kingdom come. It's, a, it's our prayer. Thy kingdom come. How is it possible? You don't have any appetites. Just there. Some of you have no appetite to have loyalty in your church. People talk anyhow. Discuss you anyhow. You don't address issues. You are just there. And the church is chaotic. You go to people's houses. Sitting room is like a baller. Bedroom is like Hiroshima. And it's, it's, listen to me. Your, tell me about your hunger. Will drive you. Say everybody. Every animal. Is driven. By its hunger. As the deer. Pants after the water. So my soul. My soul. My soul. My soul, longer for a church which is full, longer for a ministry doing well, longer for a choir singing well. Have some hunger, have some hunger. Like my wife said, when she was teaching some people, she said, You won't believe that some people, she said, she, said she couldn't believe that. There are people who don't have any interest in a good life. I mean, there's people if you give them a car, they will prefer to sell the car and walk. There are girls who don't have any interest in looking good. I'm not saying wear Gucci or whatever. Have, have an interest in appearing nice. Have an interest in a choir singing well. When I sit here on Sundays, my dancing starts at the, I, I've got videos of them. Meetings. I said, no, 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 no. I want to accept this. Don't say melancholic. Don't say choleric. Call yourself lazy. It's only laziness that will make you I- I- incapable of getting up, lifting your fat buttocks and walking out to go and look for souls. No interest. Your church is not growing. You don't even know that your church is not growing. You don't even know because you don't even have data. You don't respect information. You are a useless pastor. You are a useless pastor. And I, I said yesterday prophetically, some of you, God will kill you. I'm telling you. Because he's not joking. This ministry we are doing, it is his work. It's not a hobby. Everybody has a hobby. His hobby is miracles. His main work is what? Tell three people, wake up. 
See, things are spoiling in your life. Don't be comfortable. Oh, tell three people. Go round. Move yourself. You are even sleepy anyway. And many of you, hmm, I'm, I'm teaching what other things I'm doing. Some of you, you, you are deceiving yourself. You are deceiving yourself. You see, do you know a good life? If you will sit down, I'll tell you. A good life. Turn your Bible. I wish these guys had the living Bible. You don't have it. You have a living Bible, TLB. Not a new living translation. It's okay. You, you, let's even see just Kim Jays. <laughs> just, just, just go to Kim Jays. Psalm 34. I want to show you how to have a good life. The first step in having a good life. So you can be interested. If you don't go to this first step. Psalm 34. It's how, this psalm tells you how to have a good life. Verse 12. Give me the New Living Translation. Let me see what is there. The, the Living Bible says, does anyone want to live a good life? But let us stay here. This is how to live a good life. Which, which is really a life that is prosperous, isn't it? A life that is long, isn't it? Yeah, so it's just another way of saying good life. Do you want a life that is good? Say, do you want a life that is good? Yes. Mommy, want a good life? In your mar- Are you married? Let me move away before I even say something. <laughs> yeah. You see, there are girls who are not interested in marriage is a good life. They're not interested in doing any, even, even animals, they do things to attract a man. No, you just walk like your uncle, a woman. No, we're all born like that, but we try, try as a lady, go to a Wesley girl's girl to help you. It's, 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 that's a way we learn it. So how you are, no man wants you. You talk blah blah. Let me say, makamaka, What do you say, pa? Until we blah blah, so I say sano with Jimmy. You just talk in. There are guys like that. No man wants to be around them. One day I saw a lady like that who talks anyhow and she had a husband. And when I got to know the husband, I realized that he is the woman and she is the man. Yeah, a lot of husbands are the women without ovaries. Wake up! Now, the first step to have a good life 
Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Verse 13. Next verse. Then. Then 13. 13. If you want a good life, if you want to be interested in a good life, this is one. Keep your tongue from speaking evil. The second part is even more powerful. And your lips from telling lies. That is, don't tell yourself lies. Don't say it is good when it is not good. Which means that you must know what is a good life and match yourself. Many pastors, as we've traveled all over the world, having conferences, meeting pastors, the first thing you would learn from pastors is that, in fact, Bishop says it in the mega church, chapter one, 25 reasons for a mega church. Many pastors think that their work has been done. Many pastors feel they have arrived. You are lying. The first step to making your bedroom nice is to tell yourself that this place, there's rubbish here. And there is. The The first way to preach well is to tell yourself that I don't know how to preach. Tell your neighbor, stop lying to yourself. Many of you girls cannot cook. But you are lying to yourself that you cook. If you are a girl and you don't bat in the night, you are lying to yourself that you, 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 you are hygienical. Hygienical. That is why, mommy, rejoiner in the torch and the sword says everybody must have a CSD. Do you know CSD? Says your current state of delusion. Torch and the sword. That is, currently, what am I deceived about? What lies am I telling myself? Because you can never improve on a life you are lying about. Some of you should say that I am not a good pastor. Once you tell yourself I'm not a good pastor, you will begin to follow Bishop Derek. But once you say you are a good pastor, then you are now with Creflo Dollar. Yes. The basic hurdle we must overcome in our ministries, in our choirs, in our singing, in our preaching. As you can ask the guys who are, handle my message, I'm, I'm constantly depressed about how I preach. They have to convince me before I put a message on the, my podcast. There are many messages which are not on the podcast. I know they are powerful, but I, you see, I, I, I am I'm always examining myself. And, and as I tell myself the truth, I'm sleeping in five-star hotels all over the world. Who wants to listen to you? 
Who wants to listen to you? I want to preach for a, a pastor with some a, a huge ministry worldwide. I said he invited me. He heard me preaching in Soweto. Give thyself holy. Not, not preaching, even introducing a book. I shouldn't say preaching. Introducing a book. He told his wife, this man must come to our church. The following year, I said, no, no. The, the first time when I went and I sat on the plane back to Accra, the whole flight was a depressed flight. As I said, I was wondering, what did I say? Did I preach well? I called my guy to contact the people for the messages I preached. To review the content of what I preached. Yes. I don't want to lie to myself. I was surprised the following year. They sent me a letter again to come there. The next year they sent me a letter. The next year the letter was that I am now. I am supposed to bring my red jacket. And ordain all his pastors. Yes. And you know a great man by his fruits. So if I tell you the man you, and you see his fruits, you know he, he's thinking properly. Why are you lying to yourself? Why are you lying to yourself that you are a pastor? You're not a pastor. You are a very lazy man. You are, you are a, la- a pastor. It's a worker. Matthew 23. Uh, uh, 9, I should say. A pastor is a worker. Matthew 9, 37. The word used for shepherd is Libra. Not a pastor. You are a joker. I said you are a joker. And somebody is mistakenly paying you. Somebody like you. Because you've told yourself. Like the Bible says in Revelation. Say, I am rich. I need nothing. I've got cars. I've got houses. I can talk anyhow. Say, look at you. You are an idiot. You are empty. You are naked. And what the next thing is that you are coming down. Wake up. Speak the truth. I can understand why you can't speak the truth. Because you are in a hole. When they say, if you have not seen somebody's farm, and Bishop Nigel was saying something recent, a few days ago in this conference. I said, wow. I thought I was the only person. In fact, I said something to myself that I was going to do. And I said, wow. I'm ahead. I'm doing something great. I was going to do two of them in one week. So I was sitting with him. He said, oh, yeah, last week he did three of them in one week. Wow. I, I kept quiet. Because yeah, if you have not come out of your farm, you think that your farm is the best farm. If I come out of your farm, go to your neighbor's farm, see how he weeps. Oh, yes. When you step out, oh, I won't lie to you. You see lesser than you, but you also see greater than you. Stop lying to us. I'm so happy you are sitting in this conference. I'm so happy you are online. You. Don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to yourself. It's not good. Don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to yourself. How do you know you're not a good pastor? Look at your church. Wisdom. I t- ah, not this. Oh, I was in France. I taught them that there is good wisdom and bad wisdom. Wisdom is not a good thing. It's not wisdom is your wisdom. 
So it's supposed to say that wisdom is the principal thing. You can explain it in two ways. That there are, there are, there's work, there's love, there's this, there's hatred, there's governance, and there's wisdom. And wisdom is the main thing. That's one way to explain. Another way to explain wisdom is a principal thing. Proverbs 4, 7. Is that the main thing you are doing is your wisdom. The main thing you are doing with your life, that as a girl, you won't read your Bible, you won't go to school, everyday wig, painting your face, wearing push-up bra, with, uh, with the upper half of your breast showing, walking around, looking sexy, that's your main work. Like you are like some slay queen. That's your wisdom. So pastors, in their church, every week convention, they are drinking oil, they are snorting oil, they are wooing oil, they are... It's like the pastor never gathers his people to teach them, to take them to Mampong for a camp, to take them to a place for a retreat, teach them every day, convention, power, fall down. This minister, that's your wisdom. And you will know whether your wisdom is the good wisdom or the bad wisdom by what comes out of it. I was in another church pastoring and a wife told me her husband did something. She insulted him. And she told me that when a person is misbehaving, he needs to be told off. But yes. That's why I'm saying that. Not all wisdom is good wisdom. On top of it, she removed her things from the house. And left the house. As she was leaving the house, they lived on the third floor. She tripped. She didn't fall headlong. But she must have broken or sprained a foot. The husband, that idiot, that the man he has called a useless man, he came and held her. He said, don't go. Because when you sprain your whatever, immediately you don't feel what is happening. A little pain. So she huddled down the staircase with her things. And the man helped her with one bag. And she drove off. Two days later, the husband went to visit her in her mother's house. When she went, this foot was swollen. True story. He told his wife that you need to see a doctor. Can you believe it? The following morning, the man was in the house with his car. Took his wife to see a doctor. And the doctor requested that he, they see him twice a week. So he would come every 
two, twice a week as she was in her mother's house. Take her to the doctor, back, forth, back, forth. And then the leg got, I think she was putting a cast or splint, something. But after some six weeks, the foot was okay. So she was now in her mother's house. Then she began to ask, ah, but won't he come for me? Won't he come and beg? Won't he come and beg? I'm talking about the story. The end of the story, I can't tell you. Won't he come and beg? Pride. Some evenings, the man would go there with their sons to visit their mother. Now the girl realized that this man will not come and beg. So one evening, when he came, she asked him, but won't you come? Won't you come and see my parents about what is going on? So oh, no, no, no. Why should I see them? But I should come home. So no, no, don't come home. Oh, no, you're not coming back. When I heard the story, it was about seven years. I don't want to end the story for a reason. As I was there as a pastor, then now the woman is now looking for a man. When your husband is alive, your wisdom. So wisdom is not all good. You will know your wisdom by the children. That's why I'm saying that. It's very important. Look at your children. Your children are the chairs in your church. Your attendance, your tithe, your finances, the converts, who are the converts, the, they are your children. Look at them. And you will realize that your wisdom is not good wisdom. You are a lazy pastor. One member was selling some things. We prayed and believed God. And she got a shop. In a very bad area. Then she came and said, no. Where the shop is, it's not a good shop. It's not a good place. I went and saw the place. Some far place. I mean some bazaar place shop. Where she was selling some things. I was about to say, we must. I said, have you paid the, uh, what do you call it? Royalties. No. Advance, rent advance. It says goodwill. So she has not paid anything. I said, fine. We have to look for a new place. I have not moved four steps. And the Holy Spirit said, she must have that place. I said, how? He said, no sensible person who is hardworking sits in a shop. A shop should be like a warehouse. You go out. You find some SHS boy who has just finished his wasi to sit there. And you lift your fat buttocks and walk about. My wife was working in Noguchi. Initially when we got married. She was selling scouts and ties. And th- she, she, there's no professor or lecturer in Legon at that time. Over 20 years that she didn't know. 
You don't, you don't sell things by sitting in the shop. Even Malcolm, they don't sit in the shop. Figuratively, Malcolm, they go about. That's why there's Malcolm here, Malcolm there, Malcolm there, Malcolm, original Malcolm. We all know where it, original Malcolm is from in Accra Central. But they came to your doorstep. They came to our doorstep. So you may think they have a shop there, but they have left their original shop and they have come to your house. That's why Bishop Me is busting from OEB Kanesi Church. Busting from Pram Pram. If I send you to the Volta region to bring members on Saturday night to come and sleep, you say, yeah, why? Do you want to save the world? Because there are some members in the Volta region some Christians in the water region, this is the church they must attend to be normal. There's some Christians in Kufudia. This is the church they must attend to be normal. Have an interest in a good life. Have an interest in a good set, mommy. Have an a woman shouldn't be wearing a crampled dress. I'm not saying go and buy a new dress. You can buy a used dress, but iron it. Let it be nice. This I don't care. It's not caring for you. Say, know what good music. Put up that verse again. A man's hunger. Proverbs 16. 26. Is it there? A worker's appetite works for him. For his hunger. Hunger for what? Hunger for excellence. Hunger for a better way of preaching. A better way of being. I'm so, I'm so happy you are here. A better way of being a pastor. A better way of overseeing a church. A better way of praying. A better way of praying. What are you hungry for? There's a way to pray. That will make you pray for hours and not know you are praying for hours. There is always. So the writer of Hebrews says, I will show you a more excellent history. I want us to stand for two minutes. We will sit down and begin to pray for the appetite for a good life. Growing church. Nice choir. Pray a good life. Chests are full. Buses are coming. It will lead you on a journey. Your church is full. Really, start another service. It's a better life. Can you look at that? For a good life. A good life. A good life. Zilimo shaketoni mo sheketalabalaba legede do shabras katayaba livo shelebehem lekataya mana mo sheketoni ma yes ma shoketelebe lekashakadaba legede do shiprosala leketaya nama appetite for a good life shikatayaba lidobo shinemo sekete legede do shalaba oh yes there in us oh god meshanama a desire, Makashodaba, an appetite.
appetite, oh God, Moshakadaba, for a good life, Mashakadaba, Lekedado Sheketayanamaha, Lekedado Sheketebe, Lima Shakadaba, Likeshotebe, Lekedaba, Likedebe, Lekedaba, Likedebe, Lekedaba, Lekedaba, if you want a good life you will not lie to yourself keep your tongue from lying not lying to only to him many of us are lying to us some of you are bad husbands but you feel you are a great husband. Whatever happens in the house, you blame your wife. But you are actually a bad man. Because you've not met a good husband. And we go on. Some of you think you are good wives. And the marriage, if there's a problem, this is the man. He was not brought up well. He grew up in Begro. As I remember, Meanwhile, you are the witch. Many of us blame, you see, it's part of that syndrome where it's like someone is the reason. So we are liars. We are liars. You've not lied to me. You've not lied to your boss. You are a liar because you are lying to yourself. You are a wife. You don't even know how to have sex. You walk about with your handbag, matching your shoes and matching your belt, and you have dyed your hair to match the handbag. When, when anybody sees you, he thinks that you are a sexy wife. I said, lift your two hands and pray that you will not lie to yourself from today. You will find the truth. Oh yes. Seek the truth. Yes. Match yourself against the truth. Leke shotalabaha. Leko sheketoni mo shelebeketada balabaha. Match yourself. Makatusabaha. Leka shataya nemo. Yes, 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 yes. Leko shakatani mo shelebehe. Legadado shapras. Yes. Impras katayalaba. Leko shaha. Yeah, <laughs> Let the people who enjoy a good life, they don't lie to themselves. 
Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Please be seated. I want to do just one more. What's the next one? Take us to the points. Can you take us back to the notes? To the book? <laughs> oh, we should go and we will and come. Now, what's the next one? What, what is, he said, intractable poverty is most notably caused by laziness. Now, then the research breaks down laziness. Because some of you think la- a lazy person is somebody who doesn't, like, who, who won't move. But it's more than that. And they deal with the roots. The first is that you are, first of all, not interested. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in a clean house. I'm not interested in, in, being, in, in being a good husband. I want to be a bushman. And use my money as the leverage to talk to my wife anyhow. I'm not interested in being a good wife. No interest. And the reason is that you've told yourself a lie that you are okay. Number two is passivity. Passivity. This one is a small one. So I want to deal with it. What has been passive? You will know passive. Are you listening to me? Yeah. The best way to understand passive is to know what is the opposite of passive. And that is what? Active. Active. So, there is one meaning of passivity which says that you are not active. People are, he wants to be a shepherd. 
He's singing in the choir. He's an usher. You are in the church. You are doing nothing. You're not active. For the Bible says that cursed is the one who withholds his sword from blood. Like, when we are fighting, and remember, look at the scripture again. I, I don't know if you can find that scripture for me. You, cursed is the one, please, this is just five minutes, who keeps his sword. So the first is that he has a sword. He has a sword. Everybody has a sword. But some people don't want to remove their sword and fight. We are all apprentices. We are all apprentices. This particular guy, Kwame, when the engine block comes, and we are putting the engine block on the hook. Every day when that, that work comes, he says that he has diarrhea. Have you seen people who are pushing a car, but some people, their hand is on it, but they are not pushing. Listen to me. The Bible says that in all labor, there's profit. The profit is the money. If it's finances. The profit is the soul. The profit is the member. I am Bishop Dagwood. Mrs. Prophet. He converted me. from a, By this time. I should be heading towards retirement. Even when I was leaving Kolebus years ago. 14 years. I was a senior doctor. But he labored on me. Health comes. Kumasi, Cape Coast, Takrade, Accra, 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 here, there. He has worked on me till today. I'm having a conference he would have had. My sister, the empty chest in your church is a sign that there is no profit. View it negatively. That you are losing the business. Your father's business, the house must be full. Jesus even told a parable that the house, that's how we came by Anakazo. When your house is not full, listen to me. I am pastoring the church. It cannot be that God is crazy. It can't be. For God to have put me here means that I have what it takes. I have the sword to fail the church. I'll take it again. Sir, did you know that some pastors don't even have money to buy chairs? Are you a pastor? 
Some pastors don't have money to buy chairs. If I have money to craft chairs from China to fill a huge cathedral, it means that God knows that I have the sword. Look. Many of you don't know what your life could have been. Many of us are performing less than 10% of our capacity. Yeah. And the reason is that, see, the reason why you will feel great is that you are among lazy people. That's why you feel that you are a man of God. But if you go among real workers, oh, I was standing in the Airbus factory in Toulouse where they make the planes. I saw, even before I saw the beluga, the largest plane, you won't believe that this thing can lift itself. But we entered the A380. Even your eye can't look at the whole plane. Huge. We entered the Concorde. The Concorde. Half of the plane is engines. But as I stood there, the Lord spoke to me. He said, what you are looking at is what a man is capable of doing. In fact, oh, I feel something. The Concorde. Yes, it's a fast plane. It can do eight hours flying in three hours. Blah, 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 blah. But one of the things that Concorde has achieved is that it has not just, it's not a rocket, it's a plane. But it has broken what they call Mark II, the sound barrier. Whatever it is. There's a certain speed which breaks the sound barrier. And when the Concorde takes off, it gathers speed in the air till about one hour. One hour, then it becomes like a rocket. And the face, the, the nose, which is like this, it drops. Saskatchewan. When it breaks the sound barrier, you, they, they, you say, they say, you hear a thud. Then the passengers begin to clap and they share camp, champagne. They share champagne. But then, the, no, when you travel on the Concorde, you get a certificate. It's like you've been to the university or you have been here. So you, you get a certificate. Yes. A certificate signed by Bo, uh, uh, Airbus. But I, as I stood there, I said, it has broken a barrier. And as I stood there, I was almost taken into the spirit. And I saw a row of officers with white men powering over diagrams and documents and as I looked at them in a few seconds they had been there day and night day and night, day and night and the Lord said this is the type of work that produces such things and that in the ministry you could also work in such a way that you also break barriers (laughs) 
that there is a way you are working. I was, I was standing there in France last week. Was it even today? Was it Friday? Or Thursday? Thursday. A week ago. So there is a way you are working. He said, ministry. Look. The, 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 the hunger. The hunger. That the place are in. I, I don't know how to describe it. Planes. Concord is in it. Boeing, uh, what, uh, Airbus 320. 300. Helicopters. One building. And the Lord said, this is how your ministry ought to be. But I brought you here to show you that a human being can work in such a way that he makes these things. But your ministry is a motia ministry because, because there is a certain labor you are not putting into the ministry as a full-time pastor. I'm saying that the half of the plane, you see the concourse slides, half is engines. People are using their minds. Working. Day and night. One, one of the guys who took us, they said, as we are speaking, they are designing jet engines they will use in 30 years time. Jet engines. They took us to a room where they showed the new Concord they are going to produce. The design. Nobody is sleeping except you. You are even standing and you are sleeping. So, so you, are, you are hopeless. You are hopeless. Anybody who relates with you relates with you as a hopeless case. Let's just manage him and then we'll just, just, just it's okay. It's okay. Let's just manage him. We can't, we can't do much with him. But I believe something powerful is coming out of you. I feel energy is coming out of you. I feel strength is coming out of you. Amen. I'm saying to you today that passivity is ending. Amen. I said passivity is ending. Amen. I said passivity is ending. Amen. The lifestyle where you fold your arms. Oh. The lifestyle where you go to your office only twice a week. The lifestyle where you full time pastor. You go to church and you close at 4 p.m. Begin to clap your hands and overcome. Pray. Pray. Find the spirit of passivity. We find the spirit of passivity in the name of Jesus. You are not an animal. You are a human being. Find the spirit of passivity in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Mashakatabe. We find Masha Adabaha, the spirit of passivity, out of our ministry, out of our lives. In the name of Jesus, Leva Pashakate, Leka Shokatalabe, Rekatayalama, Impreska Kayama, Lekadado Shakabrosa, Lepraska Kayama, Impepayalabe, Yeka Shakataba, Lekadado Shapreskata, Impreska Tayaba, Impreska Tayindo, Lekadado Shapreska, Impepayalaba, Impepayalaba, 
you are not inferior to a white man oh yes but you can make yourself inferior we don't need to go to Toulouse why should we go to Toulouse without airplanes when Bishop Dagwad Mills is here at the Kodesh a human being in his lifetime has built over 6,000 churches I mean you cannot even plant a church next to your community where you are you can't plant a branch next to the, to the next town he is in close 100 countries breaking barriers why do we need to go to Toulouse you are making yourself an inferior version I said on the first day there is nothing like a lay calling there is nothing like a full time calling the call is a call some will have to do it as lay you are an engineer you are an architect you are a mason you are a carpenter somebody also for a reason for a reason but the call is a call he has, he has stood in front of us he has lived with us and worked sometimes one week you will have two camps have a crusade in a kind crusade without hiring anybody's microphone the next day he's having a crusade in Rwanda he flies to Central African Republic and you are watching Netflix no wonder you are poor no wonder our churches are empty. People who are lazy have no interest in a good life and also that they are passive. They are passive. They are not active. Some of you have titles but you are not active. I mean you are a pastor of a branch but you are not, you're not an active pastor of a branch. You are a passive pastor of a branch. You just go Say something to them. Have some two by four meetings. So when you are asked, you can say that. You also have meetings. But really, you know, I don't want to waste your time, sir. I don't want to waste your time. I want to teach you now. You may choose to stand or sit. But it's a short teaching. On a type of passivity you don't know about. <laughs> can you see Please come. Yes. This is it. This is the this is emblematic of passivity. Folded arms. Uninvolved. Now, mommy. Many of you don't have folded hands. Sir, sir, come. I'm ending now. 
You see how he's folded his hands. Say passive. 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 Now, go. Go to the camera. Go. Stop. Come. Jump. Go up the stage. Come down here. Go up. Swing your arm. Do this. Swing. Yes. Now, have you seen him? I hope the camera is on him. Are they showing him? For those online. This man and this man who is passive? Who is passive? I, I can't see your hands. The one who is holding his hands. Yes, he's the lazy one. But I'm about to show you that this man is lazy. The dictionary definition of passivity. I'm reading it to you. We are here to learn. Yeah. I'm not a man of God who, has, who knows. We are all learning. Oh, you, you are all right. Miriam Webster. The body of knowledge we all visit. Keep jumping. All right, stop. Walk up and down. Walk slowly. Don't walk fast. Take your time. Walk gently. Increase your pace. Faster. Slower. Return. Slow. Fast. Run. Stop. Return. On the surface, you may think that this man is hardworking. And this lazy man, see how he has sugared himself. I'm now giving the privilege to hear the meaning of passive. We say somebody is passive when you clap for this one when he is only acted upon by an external agent. We say somebody is passive when the person is receptive to outside impressions or influences. That is, he never moves until somebody tells him to move. He never runs till someone tells him to run. He doesn't have any internal engines 
He sits in his church till he is told to take offerings. Then he holds a basket. Hundred Ghana, two hundred Ghana. So many of you who are actively pastoring churches are lazy because you only when we see you acting is upon his fastings. I'm sure you have heard us. You are a pastor. You've heard us, Bishop Tison, maximize Sunday usage. Mm-hmm. So when we see you in church at 11 p.m., a book has told you to maximize. But you will never maximize Saturdays. You will never maximize Sundays, Fridays. Because you've not been told. You are passive even when you appear active. Because your activity is upon external impulses. Once the impulses cease, your activities cease. Anybody who must be told to preach something before he preaches is passive. A truly active pastor is like this pastor. Nobody has to tell him. I'm sure he also measures himself against something else and feels that he's passive. But many of you, those are the people, I'm going to have a retreat. I don't need to tell you because you are not coming to that retreat. Anymore. You are not invited. Many of you don't know that you are wicked. A wicked person doesn't destroy what he has. He keeps what he has. He keeps instructions. He keeps commands. But will never do any extra. You are passive when you don't do extras. If anyone asks you to go a mile, go with him twain. Some of you, you only go the mile you've been asked to go. So we see you or less. You are preaching. You are t- I hope you are not here because your pastor said come. That's right. Once you are here on your own, then you are not a wicked person. On one hand, you may think that, oh, he is obedient. She's a very obedient pastor. She's there on Sunday. She has done what I said. She said, I kept what you gave me. I said, you, you are a less person. Slots. Slots is an animal. If you drop it from about 15, 50 meters, it won't break. Nothing moves it. So in the church, are such people. If this guy was active, when I said, go here, he would have gone beyond. 
We need pastors who overshoot the runway. We need leaders who pray for three hours. When we say we are praying for two hours. Once we say we are praying for three hours. And you pray for three hours. You are passive. You are wicked. Because you don't want to be deemed disobedient. But inside your head is wickedness. So in our churches. Home cell leaders. I don't know what you call them. We call them basentes. He will go and have his basentes meeting. He will bust them to church. That's it. I've obeyed. Even to have two meetings a week. No, he said I should have one. He said I should jump. Jump! So you see him jumping, but he's passive. Because he's jumping upon external impulse. You see a pastor having a camp, but he's passive because he's having a camp because he has been told to have a camp. Stop! Run! Stop! Go and sit down. You watch what he will do. Go and sit down. You watch what he's going to do. That's all. Has he done something bad? Was he not told to sit down? What you said I should do, I've done it. Legalism. We are all standing. We sit down. Oh, I feel like standing. I feel like running. May you have the grace. Look, the rich pastors with members, they do more. They do more. They have more services. More days. I was I was appointed to have Sunday church service. But I'm having Saturday church service. I'm adding Friday. I'm not passive. Nobody has so there's no book. You are going to become a valuable member of any team you are. Bishop tells a story. Bishop, you remember years ago he said he was in no, he had the story of one of his pastors. I can imagine who, but I don't want to assume. He worked in the bank in Switzerland. I'm sure Credit Suisse or something. One Sunday afternoon, the CEO entered the building. Was CEO was moving from room to room. When he opened the door, he closed it. Open, close. And he opened the door and he saw our pastor working that Sunday afternoon. He got promoted instantly. Because nobody was supposed to be in the room. But he saw somebody who was doing more than the Monday to Friday he had been asked to come extra. Extra. Receive the anointing to do extra. Receive. May you not live to just do what they say. They say, many I can fail. Many I can care. Many I can fail. Many I can do. Lift your hands. Mommy, I appointed you. Don't be passive. Do well. Do well. Do well. If thy neighbor tells you to go one mile, go how many miles? 
Lift your hands and pray. Against the deceptive passivity. You are They say we should have rehearsals on Friday. I've come. I've once there is no external impulse, I want Mary to come and sing I can't get enough of you because yeah, it was written by Bishop that God knows because yeah, many of you you've had enough but you must be a pastor who can't get enough I can't do enough Don't be someone who is satisfied so soon. So soon. A little impresses you. I want you to sit down and take out an offering. Is it possible? Am I, am I, am I saying something bad? It's good. It's good. Then please sit down and take out your offering. Everyone, take out an offering. Mommy, mommy, please come. We are sowing into this. We are sowing into the teaching. The people who are promoted are those who work on Sundays. Not just Monday to Friday. Anybody, you see, anybody, a leader is a leader because he is leading. He is extra. He does extra. You can't be in a church merely obeying instructions. And you have to write your manual. Ah, but say, but you have been here since Tuesday. Is that how I'm teaching from the book? Ah, read it. Read chapter four. Passivity. Let me show you a passive way of preaching. Ah, but we all have the books. Why you must not be poor as a shepherd? I was a bishop has written a book and he has written, he has quoted from a journal. And many of you have intractable poverty. Intractable poverty is explained by a lack of knowledge. Am I reading? Is it in the book? By a lack of knowledge, a lack of good skills. In conjunction with laziness. 
These three things are widely given as a main cause of poverty. Intractable poverty is most notably caused by laziness, which is characterized by a low interest in a good life, passivity, a lack of motivation and initiative, a low intellect, dependency thinking, reliance on assistance from others, lack of life skills to plan and organize their life, and bad training and care of children by parents. Say amen. amen. I'm done. Is that how I've taught from this book? But this is how to preach. Did you see me preaching? Did you see me reading from the book? That's passive. Because there's wickedness in my head. I must hold the book so that when they take a picture, they can see that I'm preaching. Some of you even turn the book upside down like this. You are not reading. So when they see, is this book written by Bishop Dagod Mills? Is this out of shepherding? I'm not preaching from his book. But no. Every point here, I can take you, chapter 4, we can be here for one week. Everything I'm saying is a, is a severely summarized form. Chapter 4. The volume of information I have on chapter 4. You can't handle it. That is being active. Wickedness. The wickedness that makes you go only one mile. I'm about to tell you what it will do to you. The wickedness that makes you do only what they say you should do. They say Saturday afternoon from 3 to, is it 5 or 4? 3 to 5, outreach. Wear your t-shirt, wear your jeans and go and knock on a door. So you have got a cameraman behind you as you are knocking. Like Jesus who is knocking the revelations through Jesus. Somebody took a picture of him knocking on the door. (laughs) Wickedness. But Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 19. Look at it. Your own wickedness will correct you. And your backsliding will reprove you. I leave you to yourself. Bishop Doug, the, the mistake we made was to appoint you a pastor. So now you are just in the church Sunday, Tuesday evening. You come for camp. And that's all, because that's what we say you should do. It's called wickedness. And your wickedness will correct you one day. Let your offering. Father, bless us as we give. Deliver us from sloth. Deliver us from wickedness. Deliver us from passivity. Those online, save us from passivity. Let us work from our hearts. In a way that makes us do more. They say go one mile. We are running four miles. Yes. That's the man God wants to have. Let this offering open doors of ministry for us. In Jesus name. Amen. 
We trust that you have been mightily blessed and affected by the Word of God preached by Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Do join one of our lovely services from the Mackinac Cathedral near Valley View University, OUB, Accra, this and every weekend at 7.30pm on Saturdays as well as 7.30am and 12 noon on Sundays. Connect with Bishop Edwin Morgan Ago on Facebook Live, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter and on your favourite podcast app. Thank you for joining us. God bless you.